0: computer report readers listeners and viewers to another edition of computer report podcast energized by celsius i am john legend from PeterReport.com. with me is scott reynolds from Peter report and we are trying to talk quarterbacks today we're going to talk about all the rumors all the reports out that we're even going to talk about kyler murray that's how sick and deranged right now scott that's the time of the year that it is we're going to entertain everything all the delusions of grandeur We'll entertain them all on the show today. I'm excited for it, though. It's going to be wild.
1: It, it is going to be wild. It's going to be a wild offseason for the Buccaneers, right, trying to figure out who's going to be the signal caller. Uh, two quick years of Tom Brady, John. I mean, nobody thought that that uh, Tom Brady would come to Tampa. We actually speculated about it, believe it or not, mm-hmm. in 2020 yeah. on, a, on an early January podcast. Didn't rule it out. And then Ended up coming to fruition. There's no Tom Brady in this year's free agency class.
0: Except and for maybe, perhaps, Tom Brady and not in free agency. That's true. That's <laughs> maybe true. Yeah. Back to the box. Who knows what's going to happen. Yep. We'll talk about it for sure, though, because there, there's more legs to that than some of the other rumors that are out there. And, yeah. and, and let's just put it that way. So we'll that's discuss all right. of it, though. If you have questions about the quarterback, today is the offseason outlook on quarterbacks podcast. If you missed last week, we talked defense extensively last week. You can find all the defensive position groups broken down. We looked at current state of the roster at each of those defensive positions. We looked at the likelihood of re-signing many of the free agents and the situations and context surrounding a lot of the free agents that the team has at those position groups. Outside free agents, we looked at a few that made sense and perhaps most notably draft prospects that might make sense at some of those positions as well. So we tried to be extensive last week. So if you're looking for the defensive versions of this week, Go check out last week's shows, but today we get to talk quarterbacks and offense, Scott. And yeah. of course, it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius Power knows active lives every day with essential functional energy. I got the wild berry here today, the sparkling yeah. wild berry. Uh, no sugar in these things yet, unbelievable right. taste and a crazy variety of flavors, Scott. I don't know how they pulled it off, but they I know, did.
1: especially this one. We we talk a lot about the fruit flavors, John, and you know over the weekend, you know whether it was was orange. Whether it was grape, uh, I think last week I had a a tropical vibe, which is a, a very cool flavor as well. It's it's sparkling starfruit and pineapple. But you know what? I went back to the cola, and yes, I know all the fruit flavors are fantastic, but they nailed it with the cola flavor, John. If you're mm-hmm. if you're someone like me who used to, I just drink soft drinks back in the day. Um, not going to name any name brands, but this cola. Tastes remarkably like some of the major cola brands out there. And um, uh, it, it's a, it's another great flavor. And what I did was I discovered the Variety Pack, which is on Amazon. And oh, that yeah. way, if you don't know which flavor you you like or you want to try, you get a whole bunch of them to try. The Variety yep. Pack is packed with different flavors. And, uh, and John, uh, there are a bunch of flavors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you know, strawberry guava, Fuji apple pear, the wild berry. And, uh, and like you said, The great thing is no sugar, no preservatives. That means no crash. You get the energy without the crash. Mm -hmm. So where can you get some Celsius? Go to pewterreport.com where you're checking out our stories. We have a new mock draft up on pewterreport.com, the Bucks Monday mailbag, a couple of other stories. You can click on those Celsius banner ads, and they'll take you to, to find out where you can buy Celsius near you, or just go to Amazon. Use the subscribe and save feature. They'll ship the Celsius right to your house, and you'll save some money
0: and uh appreciate everybody in the chat sup fellas to matt 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 uh aloha to joey how's everyone doing g vegas doing well because we've got this uh tom brady rumor mill going strong scott we kind of already knew that he was gonna you know continue to think about things obviously is you know he, he is retired like now He he knows yes. he wants to retire right now it doesn't mean that it's not like he's uncertain about that. Like people gotta understand, you can know something now, and then something can happen to change your mind about it, especially a major thing like that right. down the road. He's never been retired from football before, and you know it's not like retiring from a normal job, obviously. And so he's gotta have the opportunity to think about things and see where he's at. And the yeah. Bucks are probably gonna let door open for him. There's no rush, for Tampa Bay. They've got him under contract for another year. It's not like it's a free agency situation, and they're waiting him like he's under contract with the Bucks. If he wants to come back, it's going to be for the Bucs and so it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do but there's no bonus on the Bucks to really make any move with Tom Brady in terms of releasing him or anything like that I'm sure they're going to maybe restructure his contract he'll agree he should agree to that so that he they take his base salary down to, to the minimum and, and, and right. that kind of stuff but other than that it doesn't seem like they should be in any rush to do anything with Tom Brady the ball is kind of in his court uh, the only thing it might do is impact free agency and how they treat other options this offseason, which we'll talk about shortly.
1: Yeah, and, and really the biggest date is June first because Tom Brady, should they either put him on the retired reserve list, or if they cut him or trade him, which they're not going to do, he would impact the Bucks in a very negative way from a salary cap standpoint. $32 million would accelerate and hit this year's cap. That that's not going to happen. They'll wait until June, till after June 1st, June 2nd. Then they can either put him on the the retired reserve list or you know some crazy scenario might pop up where Brady wants to play but not in Tampa you know I don't think that's going to happen John I think he's either a buccaneer or he's retired but yeah. whatever's going to happen to Tom Brady is going to be done on June 2nd because that allows the buccaneers mm-hmm. to only take an 8 million dollar dead cap hit this year and they can push 24 million instead of 32 24 million to next year and i don't know that sounds like a lot john but as you've said we've talked about it on the show you've written about it the salary cap's expected to make a major jump up next year in 2023 and that would allow the buccaneers to really kind of absorb some of that 24 million dollars it's not going to be as as painful of a hit as it would be this year mm-hmm. so you know why not hang on to the guy and, and see what see what transpires right this right. year i mean it might be a situation where where he gets the itch again, maybe he uh, maybe he becomes family man Brady for a couple of months, Giselle and the kids are happy, and then as he gets a little closer to training camp, he says, yeah, I got that itch, babe, let me just do one more year, you know, I, I talked about playing at age 45, you know, and uh, we've had a great offseason, took those vacations you wanted to, babe. Let's let's just do this. I can't leave the Bucks hanging. Giselle, come on. You know, listen. I'm, one more year, and then you got me for the next forty years or so.
0: We'll see. I don't know. You know, obviously not being privy to those conversations, we have no idea how that's going right. to go necessarily. But it'd be an opportunity where they've had some time to think about it, and they come to a vision. They go, oh, maybe this is, you know, maybe one more year is a good answer. We'll see. All I was this. It's a better percentage chance of happening than a lot of the other things out there, which we'll get to in a second. Leo at the $5 Super Chat. Yeah. Uh, many people think he's going to demand a trade to the 49ers, but listen to any single Tampa source, and they all say the same thing. He'd come back to us. This is one of the sillier storylines that have been out there, in my opinion, yeah. Scott, for a lot of reasons. Let's not even talk about the 49ers for a second. I know right. you've probably got some thoughts there too, but there's a couple big reasons why this doesn't make any sense at all. As, as Florio wrote for Pro Football Talk in his usual drivel. It was just like something like this in in this situation. The Bucks Brady could be pushing the Bucks to release him by retiring. First of all, what in the world? Why would they release the best asset on their team and their most valuable player? Like, yeah, who releases that player? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. If they even wanted to move on from, it would right. be a trade. And plus, the dead cap implications of releasing him would be absolutely devastating. So, not even an absolutely. option. So, just a total misunderstanding of the cap by Florio and uh, just basic asset handlement in the NFL which was yeah. bizarre. But then you have the whole scenario, why would he retire if he wanted to go to another team? All right. that does is kill leverage and traction for anything to happen. It if you're retired, there's no incentive for anybody to come get you. And right. even if you unretire, there's still not much incentive or not as much as there could have been if you had left the door open and said, "Maybe I'll play two more years." You know, then t- right. more teams are knocking down the door. Now you've retired and you've essentially Hurt your marketability as a trade mm-hmm. asset. So it well, makes yeah. even the strategy that Florio is suggesting he takes here would make absolutely no sense if he wanted to go another team. The whole thing is totally bizarre. There's been this manufactured Tampa Bay drama that just never happened. This is the best offensive football, and they almost certainly are enjoying the Lombardi trophy today. If they are fully healthy, looking at how the other teams in the field played out, I just really feel that way. They weren't healthy, they weren't close to healthy, and that's a big part of getting there. But Brady's not an idiot. He knows that. He knows he just had a career year at 44 in this offense. Like, if he came back, he knows what would be on the table for him. It's just right now. It's just time to step away. That's it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think too that that you have to look at this from a timetable standpoint. Let's let's go down the you know the, the conspiracy road, right? If Brady were to be traded or released or whatever, not not play in Tampa, right? That yeah. would take place. June 2nd, Brady was already fretting coming to Tampa Bay. Now, granted it was a COVID year, but, but in February of 2020 and having, or in March and having to learn this offense, right. And his new teammates. And he just felt that pressure being under the gun. And and what did he say? Like, you know, I've already missed, you know, a thousand reps of OTAs and mini camps, et cetera. Okay. So he gets traded to another team. Let's say the 49ers. Sure. Whatever. not going to happen. But, but if that's the case, Right. He's he's got to learn a new offense and new teammates in June. Yeah. Do you think he wants to do that? Absolutely right. not. No. <laughs> the only scenario where where it could even make sense is going to the Raiders because they've got Josh McDaniels who will have that familiarity with Brady. Brady doesn't want to move his family to Las Vegas? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. He wanted right. to play in the Eastern Time Zone cuz his son Jack lives in New York with his mom Bridget Moynihan, right. okay? So that's one aspect. Number two, the Raiders were were nine and eight last year. They barely got in the playoffs. They didn't do much, right? So I'm going to take that over
0: a team you already know and dominated with not. the Bucks. It's
1: yeah. Just, you know, I mean, if Brady's going to come AFC, back, John, you
0: want to play in the AFC West? <laughs> yeah.
1: With, with, with uh, Herbert and Patrick Whitten Mahomes. Holmes, Herbert, and maybe
0: no. Aaron Rodgers.
1: No, All right, absolutely buddy. Not. No. And, and the thing, too, is, is you know, the, the, the Buccaneers aren't going to trade him to the 49ers, not for yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jason Light would be crucified for that by me, by you, by everybody. Right. So by that's itself. not going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I I could see, listen, if you want to play Madden football, if you want to do fantasy football trades, you could say Brady for Carr and the upside. Uh, okay, whatever. It, it, that's not going to happen because Brady's yeah. not going to want to go to Vegas. And if, he, if he's going to come back, John, I'm with you. He wants to come back to win a championship because if right. he's going to sell Giselle on it, it's going to be Listen, babe. I have a legitimate shot at getting ring number eight if I come back. That's not happening in Las
0: Vegas. It probably isn't happening because of the timetable in San Francisco. Other sidebar to the San Francisco thing, because that's the one I've seen the most—not enough traction, noise around. Um, Cal Shanahan's offense. <laughs> First of all, unlike Brady's, not playing anything like it. And some people yeah. said that about Arians. That wasn't completely true, but Cal Shanahan's offense would be extremely different for Brady. Not saying he couldn't do it, but he's right. 44. And here's the other part. Matt Ryan, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, has said it took him a full year playing in Cal Shannon's office yes. because the verbiage is so intense in Cal right. Shannon's offense, like mentally to be able to handle it. took him that long to be able to feel like he could – remember, he had that first season with Shannon. Right. was not good for Ryan. Then he had the MVP season the next year. Yeah. So it just took him that long. So that's what you're basically – it's a kind of timetable. Coming in late too – and yeah. then trying to learn that verbiage. Plus, they forty hours. What are they giving up for Tom Brady? They just traded yeah. like their whole franchise next couple picks and all for that stuff for Trey Lance. Right. That's exactly. your guy. Like, yeah, they're gonna so you, delay that by another year or two. Like, yeah,
1: I I don't see it. So you whole know, thing's for, crazy. For, for that reason, it's like I, I think we can rule out the Derek Carr trade.
0: Uh yeah, it, we can rule that, that out on US its own legs car. too, right? Because exactly. just because I really think they're going to keep him. I really think that's a big yeah. part of McDaniel's being there. They're going to give this a shot for a year. They know that they can be a decent team this year. Obviously, they're not going to win the Super Bowl or anything. Well, well, we would have said that on the Bengals last year, too. <laughs> just, uh, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that or contend right. for that. But I do think this is a good year. McDaniel's coming in. He's going to have a long, like, he's going to have, you know, the Raiders need stability bad. He knows they he's do. got some breathing room. And he's going to come in, he's going to try, t- try out the car thing. If it works great, awesome. If not, he's out of there and they're going into the quarterback class. Uh, it's a better quarterback class. Right now, they just don't have a ton of options. And they're yeah. finding somebody in the outside doesn't make sense. Uh, Carr can do this, and I think McDaniels knows that. And I really do think they're going to work together this year. And, yeah. and and so I don't see the car thing happening either. He's always you, a $5. And oh, and you have, here's the ahead, thing. If he,
1: if he trades Derek Carr, who's the quarterback? Okay, that means the Raiders have to draft a quarterback yeah. this year and start that rookie quarterback. Yeah. Last time Josh Eastside McDaniels Mariota did that, right, but last time Josh McDaniels did that, didn't work out so well in Denver, did it, right, with Tim Tebow? No, Tim Tebow wasn't good. Yeah, I remember him beating the Steelers. No.
0: That's all I remember. <laughs> I blacked out everything since then, but that's two
1: years. I don't remember anything. Tim Tebow, Steeler killer <laughs> quarterback. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is rookie quarterbacks typically are what? Coach killers, oh, yeah. right? That that usually yeah. is the case. I mean, I don't think it's going to be that way in, in New England with with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, per se. But I mean, Lovey Smith saw that here with Jameis Winston. Hell, yeah, uh, Jameis Winston killed two coaches mm-hmm. in, in Lovey Smith and Dirk Cutter. So uh, that's not the ideal way to go. I'm with you, John. I think he, he gives Derek Carr a shot in his system to see if he can develop them. It's always better to, to work with what you have at the quarterback position rather than the, the unknown, unless the unknown is Tom Brady, <laughs> because then that's an upgrade from Jameis Winston to Tom yeah. Brady for sure. Uh, right. uh, Hezo813, appreciate the $5 super chat. Bucks had an investigator to dig deep into Deshaun Watson. John, I think you'll agree with me. Bucks aren't the only team that right. has done their due diligence on Deshaun Watson, right. but uh, uh, to take it away, John, what do you guys yeah.
0: no, like, there? It's just not going nothing's, everybody's going to dig. Everybody's right. going to dig because it's that time of big year, they can do that now. So you want to see what goes you know, the truth to these things. Plus, especially teams that haven't done, dug at all yet. I mean, obviously the Bucs would be one of those teams that no reason for them to have done any work here really yet. So now that right. the season, off season's over, they're going to dig into it. They're going to look, obviously. Um, they're going to find the same things that have deterred everybody else from trading for them right now. The fact that the Texans won three firsts as a starting point for Deshaun Watson. And frankly, there's just no one in their right mind that's going to give up three firsts for a guy who could be in jail like we just don't have any idea what the, what the path is ahead for deshaun watson we don't know what's gonna happen to him so there's just nothing's gonna happen there's nothing if he were totally if he wanted to trade and there were no legal situations character situations surrounding him of course yeah it would be at the top of the list for the box. but because there are and they're not looking like they're gonna go away anytime soon it just kind of is what it is Scott. there's just nobody's touching them until we get more resolution and doesn't seem like anything is really on the horizon in terms of being cleared up there so we're in for the Probably a long haul here with Deshaun Watson. Yep, I agree. What other what other quarterbacks should we address, John? Well, should we... <laughs> we we need to talk about. Oh, should we talk? Let's talk Kyler Murray, and then we'll move to a more serious one in Russell Wilson. Okay. You and I kind of see it similarly, maybe a little bit, but Kyler Murray. The rumors have been out there, and it was actually kind of confirmed. Chris Mortensen said yesterday. I don't know if you saw on Twitter that basically Kyler Murray is throwing a fit <laughs> that's my words I'm don't don't quote Mort on that but that's basically what's happening I mean Calvin Murray feels like he was scapegoated was the word that was used for the playoff loss to the Rams and <laughs> just kills me like how are you, your team threw you under the bus like they wanted to lose the game like what are you talking about yeah. your team hasn't thrown you under the bus at all nobody yeah. said anything negative about his kyler. horrible own performance he was, was he was bad reason. yeah he was the o-line was bad time. like yeah. but he was terrible like he was this is the big concern with kyler man when there's adversity period yeah. he sulks and doesn't lead and that's where that's where teams were concerned with him coming out of the draft frankly yeah. some of that buzz got out there but it, it quickly kind of got buried once people realized he was going to go number one it just kind of became oh what what could he be and obviously he's an incredible talent but that part matters a quarterback for sure, and it can turn yeah. off teammates a quarterback for sure. So we're just gonna have to see how it proceeds. But as a he's really young too; he's twenty
1: four yeah. years old.
0: Yeah, he you is know. young, and I don't think he's going to get traded. And I don't no. think it would be to the box, even if he did get traded. Do not right. think that one would be in line with what the Tampa Bay is looking for. So yeah. don't well, see I mean, that one.
1: It really, John. The thing is, when you when you look at at Kyler Murray, right. Uh, and you you look at the fact that this guy is five foot ten. He's a prototype of what Bruce Arians wants at, at the quarterback position, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think of uh, I mean, let's just go through the list real quick, right? Peyton Manning, five ten. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, also five ten. Uh, Carson Palmer was five ten. Tom Brady, even five ten, his most recent quarterback. Then you've got Andrew Luck, also five ten. Um, James Winston else? was 5'10. Wasn't James he? Winston was 5'10. So, you have all these five foot 10 quarterbacks, these pocket passers with, with you know enough arm strength, push ball down the field, good pocket presence. That That's Kyler Murray to a T, right? Kyler Murray's 5'10 207. seven. And, of course, I'm being facetious here. I mean, all these quarterbacks that routed off were six foot four or taller. Okay, yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians has a type at the quarterback position, and we can segue into Russell Wilson, who is also 5'10", in mm-hmm. just a second. But I just don't see Kyler Murray, who makes a lot of his plays outside of structure, outside of the pocket, being mm-hmm. a good fit. Because the problem with Kyler Murray is he he does take some sacks. He's mm-hmm. got the ability to scramble. That is not what Bruce Arians cares about. Bruce Arians is a pocket passer all the way in terms of of the type of quarterback he likes. So He doesn't really care about the mobility. He likes pocket mobility. Move around in the pocket like Brady does. Sidestep the rush, stay in the pocket, and throw the ball. There's a big reason why Jameis Winston got sacked 47 times, John, and then Tom Brady gets sacked about 25 times less in each of his years in Tampa. The reason is because Jameis accounted for about – Twenty of those sacks by leaving the pocket and running into a pass rusher, right. uh, and 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 really giving his tackles, yeah. whether it's Demar Dotson or Donovan Smith fits. And I think maybe Kyler maybe. Murray is a sack waiting to happen in this offense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it'd be very difficult. It's difficult to protect for him because he plays so deep in the pocket. He can make it work. I mean, he invited pressure at a league high rate and was really good for most of the regular season. But it typically tends to catch up with you. We've already seen it a couple of times with Mahomes in some games. Although obviously he was good enough to overcome it and get to four championship games and win a yeah. Super Bowl. So, but if there's one knock on Mahomes, you know, we're getting nitpicky. It would be that. And and I think also with Kyler, he's just not quite as is is consistent in terms of his accuracy. It's right. always been kind of the same thing. He has the ability to make every throw. There's no doubt. You talk about arm yeah. strength traits that Arians loves are definitely there, but the rest, right. no. And he's still developing too. Like you're not really sure what Kyler Murray's going to be, to be honest. Yet he's had some moments where he looks like league MVP, and they never mm-hmm. sustain. And I think that's where there's some there would be concern with bringing him into a situation like this. Yeah. On top of the fact that I don't think Arizona would ever would trade him at all. Like right no. now, there what I, other I, options again, they have? There's no recourse. Fans, you got to
1: understand, right? Uh, just because the Buccaneers may want a quarterback or may need a quarterback from another team does not mean that team wants to uh, or is yeah. in position to trade away that guy because who replaces Kyler Murray at quarterback? Right. The Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen in the top 10. They traded them away the next year to draft another quarterback, number one overall. Okay, So this is a franchise that has already spent a couple first-round draft picks, only has one guy to show for it. They're not going to want to deal with uh Kyler Murray away because then mm-hmm. they got to replace him with yet another rookie quarterback. And this year's class is not good, John. Right.
0: It just is. Yeah. Right. And Seattle, you know, they're the one that's interesting to me because if Seattle were smart, in my opinion, they'd look at the 49ers, the Rams, and even the Cardinals to a degree, and they'd say, We're just mm-hmm. not ready. Like they're going they to have, work fast, right? <laughs> I mean, look at their defense, they got they're overpaying Jamal Adams, who's not very good, and they just don't have many pieces, they don't have corners. They don't Bobby Wagner's on his way out. Big drop off this year and play from him. They don't have pass rushers. Like, what are you gonna get for like this team? Like, where are they gonna go? What's their ceiling next year? Like, I just, oh man, it's just bad. Like, and but you know they don't see it that way necessarily right now. From what it sounds like, and maybe the offseason progresses, we we learn something different. But man, I, I mean, Russell Wilson. If I'm Seattle, I'm not saying to the Bucks. I'm just saying if I'm Seattle. I'm not Green Bay, and you know, Green Bay—they know they got cha- they got a team that could win, and so they're not. If they traded Aaron Rodgers, they wouldn't necessarily be looking to trade him within the conference. If I'm Seattle. I don't really care. I'm trading them for the. I'm trading Russell Wilson for the best available package. This guy needs a new voice. He needs a new. He needs a new framework. He needs new everything. And if you're going to keep Pete Carroll, which I think is a mistake, yeah. if they're going to keep him, right. then they got to try something else different. Doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Let's say hypothetically they were, and Russell Wilson was available. He's also said he wants to finish his career in Seattle, so it's not. Yeah. Just putting the Seahawks on this, like it doesn't seem yeah. like either of them realize the problem that the other has with right. each other. They're just staying in this toxic relationship, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's a good idea. But if he were available, I, like that, again, I don't think that he is. But if he were, I do think the Bucks would would pull the trigger and try to make a trade for him. And I think that they would compete with the best offers out there. I do think there's some limitations that fit, but his ability to throw the deep ball, his mm-hmm. ability to to lead the team, I think, uh, would be things that would be appealing to them. And here's the biggest part, the most important part. There is no better. There is like almost no chance that there are a better option becomes available than Russell Wilson. Agree in the next few yeah. years. And although he may not be available, if he were to be available, they would have to look at it realistically and be like, yeah. I, like, what else? What better option is going to present itself right. to us? Yes, there's yeah. some limitations. He doesn't yeah. read out middle of the field. He doesn't take checkdowns like he should. He will take some sacks. That has gotten better for him, but he right. still will take some sacks at times. He also creates outside of structure, and he creates big plays outside of structure a lot. He throws the ball down the field better than any quarterback in the league. The, the one of the best vertical passers of all time, yes. and I he think that would appeal to Arians and sure. low turnovers for the yeah. most part, most of the yeah. time. Well,
1: and he already has a rapport with with uh, with Mike Evans from the Pro Bowl last mm-hmm. couple times they played together. So he's been around. He's a, you you he's know New what you are getting. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in a couple Super Bowls, right? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, Won a
0: Super Bowl, right? Yeah. So, so
1: it's he's he's a winner. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I I do think that some of the problems with, with Kyler Murray running into sacks would happen with Russell Wilson. I agree with sure. you there, John. At the same time, Russell Wilson is a pocket passer. He's not a scrambler. He is a pocket passer. It's just that because of his height, he's 5'10". There are times when you've got these big defensive linemen and they stick their hands up, he literally has to, to get out of structure, get out of the pocket so he can see the throw down field, right? And and even Drew Brees did that. Drew Brees moved around the pocket, stepped up at six foot tall to be able to to see, right? You don't have that problem necessarily when you're Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, Tom Brady, even Jameis Winston. Uh, So there is the height thing that I think Arians would have to kind of like begrudgingly overcome. The other thing, too, is, is very much like Winston, Russell Wilson throws outside the hashes very well. A lot of his passes to Tyler Lockett, to DK Metcalf, et cetera, he likes to attack the sidelines. That's not the area where Arians wants to attack. That's why Chris Godwin is the number one wide receiver in Tampa Bay, to work the middle of the field. And that's not to say that Russ can't do that. It's just the the way those offenses in Seattle were structured, he didn't probe and and test the middle of the field as much as he would be asked to do in Tampa. So I'm not saying he couldn't do it. It's just his downfield strikes are – down the sidelines, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the big play wide receivers he had. Not so much down the middle. It's not like he hasn't thrown the deep post. not like he hasn't, you know, but you're uh, right. you're t- right. taken a vertical every, shot down yeah. the middle. Everybody
0: but, would play too high against the Bucks all day. Yes. Every day. And how no would he question.
1: respond to that? That's yeah. the thing. Right, because so, he has not shown
0: the ability to take advantage of middle of the field open yeah. as consistently as Brady obviously did and, and dominated with last year. We're talking about possibly
1: trading, what, Brady to the 49ers? That's not going to happen because the Bucks are playing the 49ers, right? Again, Jason Light, Bruce Andrews, there's, there's no – the Lasers. there's no way they would want to have to face Tom Brady in a different colored uniform this year. And I, and I, I think the same thing. The Packers aren't going to be trading Aaron Rodgers to Tampa Bay. If they're going to trade him, it's going to be to Denver outside of the conference. They don't want to have to face, and again, the Packers are a team the Bucs will play this year. They don't want to sit there and, and, and face Aaron Rodgers, have Jordan Love get killed by Aaron Rodgers and red and pewter. They don't want that. Then the same thing with, with Russell Wilson. I, I think that wouldn't be the end all be all because you have to look at it in a way, like you were saying. Yeah. It's time to hit the reset button, then you do that. But you uh, do it for
0: the best offer, though. And are the Bucks going to be the best offer Good if point. Russell Wilson's available? Yeah. I mean, the Broncos are going to have a higher pick, they're going to offer better. The Broncos yeah. are gonna offer because if Rogers ain't going anywhere, the Broncos are desperate. They're
1: John, another so. great point by you, right? Because you're looking at, at a a first round pick that Tampa Bay would offer would be 27. the twenty-seventh. It's almost a yeah. second round pick. And Nothing if you're gonna trade Russell that. Wilson to Tampa Bay next year, right? Yeah. Right. Or I should say this year, yeah, then next year's number one, probably gonna be twenty-five or higher. Right. So it's almost gonna be the same thing. So I think you're right. When when teams want first round draft picks for quarterbacks, they want really Crappy teams that are gonna have top 10 draft picks. That's where the real value is. And again, I don't see that being a great fit with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks.
0: Right. No, for sure. Uh let's talk about this as we wrap up quarterback. Scott, you and I kind of see this situation differently right now, not drastically differently, but just like you have more questions than I do, maybe about it. But Mm -hmm. I think we both agree that as Terrence writes here, Scott, I know you wrote a little bit about in the Fab Five. Do you guys have any more info about the supposed rift between Brady and the Bucks at the national media? Is reporting, and uh, I know that neither of both of us, from what i have talking to you, we both believe that Brady's retirement was because it was time, family driven, was family driven, yeah. all those things. Yeah. The only question is, then for you, you have some questions. Hmm. Was there something to like the Was there some 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 Brady Arians tension uh, where I don't really have those questions as much as you do?
1: Yeah, and you know, I'll say this. uh You know, I, I appreciate uh, Terrence's question here. And I wouldn't even say national media is reporting. I would say national media is speculating. Right. Because that's,
0: a, that's an important distinction.
1: It, it's a very important distinction. And and even in, in reading the SRS Fab Five, I didn't really even come to some conclusions. True. I just presented what was being said. And then I asked some questions because I don't know. Part of the problem with the, with this COVID era, I'm just being honest with you guys, is not being in the building. Okay. Okay. Not having not that I would have not that I would pull Tom Brady aside and get the mm. inside scoop. Brady didn't do that to anybody, but I'm just saying I could ask around. I would have some more insight with some of the players talking, and not just me, you, John, Rick Stroud, Greg Almond, Elaine, mm. et cetera we would have a lot more ability to kind of get some more information to see if there was anything there. I've heard some things I don't feel comfortable even saying it or reporting it because I just don't know. I can't get what I've heard corroborated. So it's speculation at this point in time. Uh, At the same time, too, understand Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, Mike Evans, none of these guys liked how the season ended. They didn't like how they played in the first half of that game, they didn't like losing to the Rams at home, right? Um, They suffered a loss that ended their season abruptly. And, and had they gotten past the Rams, they would have hosted the NFC championship game against the 49ers and probably felt really good about that matchup. So the, the, the feelings, if if there was any type of, of Mm -hmm. rift or whatever, might not have even been a rift. It might've just been raw emotion of, of losing. And, you know, and, and so, I don't know if there is gonna be anything uh, you know to to, to that supposed rift or, or however it's phrased, it'll come out. all right. And maybe even Brady addresses that a little bit in in the man in the arena episode in April. if if there was anything there because I'll tell you what, the man in the arena episodes, John had been very revealing. He even talked about how he became kind of disenchanted. that's my word, not his. With, with New England, he's winning Super Bowls, but just that, that dark cloud of having to win the Patriot way up there, football was not fun. It was It's one thing to hear Gronk say, football wasn't fun for me anymore, I almost retired. But to hear Brady actually kind of verbalize that yeah. was a bit eye-opening, too. And you could see why he wanted out of New England and to come to Tampa, which was mm-hmm. a breath of fresh air for him. Yeah. From a coaching standpoint, a weather standpoint, a fresh start, right. new challenge, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that part. I think that that does matter to Brady. But having said that, if New England, if they were still balling and having success, the so, way, and and he didn't want to retire, like if he were like, I want to keep playing, and we're having like unprecedented success, our offense is still great. They weren't. That's the reality of the situation. defense was really good. Their offense was not great, period, yeah. in New England. Yeah. And it wasn't – they didn't have much hope of getting better. There was no, no upside was players on that Julian Edelman
1: and, and nobody else. Yeah, what for was left
0: right? Yeah, Right, So he knew – he saw the writing on the wall there. He knew this was going to be rebuilt. So that was part of it, along with the other stuff. Like, yeah. if it had just been the other stuff, okay, then I don't think he, he leaves New England. I think if, if he's still like, okay, this annoys me about the leadership and the structure, and I don't have as much say here as I'd like, but – we have this super talented team, and we could probably win a Super Bowl. Maybe compete for a couple in the next two or three years. He would have yeah. stayed, like he, before, like he did before, like he did before when when it, it was true the year they they lost to uh, the Eagles and That's the that was the episode he was talking about. That yeah, he would have stayed if that would have been the case. Just like he did that, right. like he didn't try and force his way out. There was no drama. Like right. he knew they could win, and that's what mattered to him. He knows the Bucks can win. He's he, not an idiot. He knows with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown or one or both, with Tristan Wirks healthy, with the defense not playing their first snaps of the season together on mm-hmm. the, the season together on the field in that game against the Rams. This is probably a team that that wins the Super Bowl. This is a team that's back in the Super Bowl. That's the potential they had. They're number one offense in the NFL in most categories, number one, number two, depending on what you look at in most categories, despite playing the yeah. hardest schedule. The hard, uh, second hardest, excuse me, the Jets play the hardest, the hardest yeah. schedule for passing offenses in the NFL last mm-hmm. season. And despite the injuries that they had, that's still the production they put up in yeah. Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich's offense with Tom Brady's input, which they have said and he has said they have taken that input. They brought in players that he wanted to bring in. He's gotten the control that he wanted. He's yeah. gotten the say in the game plans that he's wanted. They've worked with him to make this thing what it is, and no question that this was one of the best if not the best offense in the NFL this season, even in a year where offenses were up and down, the bucks were about as consistent as it could get in games that they weren't totally decimated by injury in the middle of a la the Saints game that right. they got shut out. Other than that game, like this was the best odds of football throughout the season. It would have been in the playoffs. Unfortunately, they ran into uh, the, uh, the, uh, the matchup that was the worst for them at the worst right. possible time. And that's part of it. That's, Getting super bowl. and Brady says it all the time. He knows like there's some luck involved in getting to a super bowl. Like, there's just no question yeah. he said it. Nobody knows more about that than him. He gets that's 200 right, or 199th pick, and he ends up being the greatest quarterback of all time. There's some luck involved. Right. in That he he has never been so arrogant well, the other is thing to too is assume is that that is Tom isn't Brady
1: true. is not Tom Brady without Adam Vinatieri and Stephen Goskowski. I mean, it's I think a team he sport. knows that he yes, it is.
0: He, he 100% I mean, knows that it's a team sport and organization.
1: With Brady at the court, with the greatest quarterback of all time, the Patriots' biggest Super Bowl win, victory margin of error, was 10 points, beating the Rams 13 to 3. Every other game came down to one score, four
0: points or less. And and games like that, it could be a play here, a play there, and Brady knows it. Like it's not necessarily Brady's only blowout
1: in the Super Bowl came in Tampa Bay, 31 to 9, right? I mean,
0: Was, and he yeah. played a
1: big part in that. He was a Super right. Bowl MVP. Three first half touchdowns helped build yeah. that lead. But but that's the thing. It's like Brady knows that that this is – it's tough. It's tough to win a Super yeah. Bowl because none of those Super Bowls in New England were as easy as the one in Tampa Bay yeah. was. And and, and, and that he, was still he, against he, the defending Super
0: Bowl champs. Right. People talk about oh he's pissed at Todd Bull's last call of the game that lost him the game. <laughs> we're all pissed at that. Like everybody's pissed yes. at it. You think he gets <laughs> right. home at night and likes every call in the game that was ever exactly. no like there's calls he's gonna hate and there's calls that they probably left which and Arians and Bulls go home and they hate, like, yes. that's part of it. But it's a team sport, you don't get divided over a call. Right. You're the greatest quarterback of all time, you've been around yeah. 22 years, you know that better than anybody. It's not yeah. gonna, he wasn't happy
1: with, with the offensive performance in, in the first half. Um, of course, left wasn't Bruce Arians, wasn't Mike Evans, right. wasn't uh ryan jensen wasn't nobody liked what happened in that rams game not just the the last play with todd Bowles, but on the offensive side they were down 27 to 3 yeah
0: and they know they were lucky to get back in the game because the rams fought i know the bucks forced one or two but some of those were just yeah ridiculous play you know it was it was was lucky yeah there was some luck and they took advantage eventually but yeah they know that yeah, they know they did not play as well as they should have, and I think that aided everybody. Uh, Matt 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 says, did anyone else Evan White tweet that he deleted last night? Yes, Evan White last night after the Super Bowl tweeted, where are the Super Bowl at next year? I'm about to slide today, team with two laughing emojis. So I actually kind of was upset about this last night, and I'm glad that today I didn't tweet about it or anything, but I actually thought this was an incredibly stupid tweet last night. But then I reread it today, and I realized he's talking about – the, the team plays at like whoever is host, the host city of the Super Bowl has gotten in the last two Super Bowls and won the last two Super Bowls. So that's what he's talking about in this situation. And that's made me rephrase a little bit. First, he was, he was like, man, I'm watching these guys celebrate the Super Bowl. You know, I want to just go to wherever, you know, whoever won the Super Bowl to, to their spot. That's not what he's talking about necessarily in this situation. He's saying that The location of the Super Bowl, wherever it is next year, has a pretty high chance at winning the super bowl since this happened last two years. So I'm trying to go to the to the location. I get what he's trying to do as a joke, but it's still probably not that smart of a tweet. And this guy's supposed to be the captain, like you know, it's just I think it was dumb, but it's not as big a deal. Last night I was like, This guy, are you kidding me, dude? Like, but now I see the joke he was trying to make. I thought he was just trying to get to another team that he thought had a better chance to win. Um, and now I see the joke he was trying to make, and, it, yeah, just probably probably dumb more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, you'd still hope maybe uh, it would be a little bit better than this. Scott has lost his power, by the way, in his home. So um, I'm running solo here. Uh, good question here from uh, RMOB Nation. What are you going to get a sixth-round pick? What are you going to get, a sixth-round pick for Trask? Yeah, I don't think trading Trask is really on the table unless the team, if they were trading for a star quarterback, in the team they were trading to desired Trask back. Could be a situation in Seattle, for example, if something did materialize. Um, But I think all this really just brings us back to, and yes, I don't know what the, you know, you're not going to trade Trask for a pick. You're going to trade him as part of a package um if you're the Bucs. I think what all this brings us back to is, is, at the end of the day, you look at some of these options that are out there. I know Scotty, uh, uh, Scott wants to talk about one more, maybe that could be on the table for the Bucs when he gets back in here. But honestly... Tom Brady might be the more likely option than any of the guys we've talked about so far than than Carr and Kyler and Rogers and even Wilson. Like that could be the reality that him coming back could be the most likely option. And so, at what point do you decide to bank on that if you're the Bucks? You don't want to bank on it, obviously. You'd love to have more options if you're the Bucks, but you don't this off season. That's the reality. You don't have more better options anyway. Um, so, do you go all out for a Kirk Cousins type of quarterback? Who it sounds like the Vikings are going to keep, which I did not expect, but here we are. Um, and then miss out potentially on Brady saying, Hey, I want to come back. I don't think you do. This is why I'm this next part is crucial. When Scott's back here. We're going to talk about a guy that Scott believes could be an option, and neither of us really want to be an option for the Bucs uh, quarterback. But one of the most important parts of this whole thing is that the Bucks do not go average or below average at quarterback it is better to be bad at quarterback than yes. to be average or below average a quarterback in a free agency or trade decision this offseason neither average or below average are going to get you where you're trying to go they're only going to keep you from getting there in 2023 2024 when you have a real shot to get there but scott having said that there is an average to below average quarterback that in ah, the past dude. at least you have you have learned that the Bucks were legitimately interested in.
1: Yes, uh, and actually, you can read it right here. I'm going to have it in my SRS Fab Five. But in "A Season in the Sun" uh, by Lars Anderson, the latest Bruce Arians book, he talked about how Teddy Bridgewater was actually the the guy they were going to target if they couldn't get Tom Brady. And the reason why is because he went five and zero as as a starter in New Orleans. And if you remember uh Beat the Buccaneers and actually played pretty well in in doing so. Nine touchdowns, two interceptions, and in, in going five and zero. Uh, replacing Drew Brees, right? And Bruce Arians likes accurate quarterbacks. Sixty-seven point nine percent completion percentage in New Orleans. The problem is, is, of course, he went on to Carolina, where the Bucks beat him twice and soundly. And then the the bloom kind of came off the rose a little bit, John. Right. Panthers went they I think they went four games with him at, at the helm, even though he completed sixty-nine point one percent of his of his passes, fifteen touchdowns, eleven interceptions, right? And then he goes to Denver last year and uh it was seven and seven as a starter, eighteen touchdowns, seven picks. So would would Bridgewater be a guy that that would would come here? I, I don't know that they would have the same level of enthusiasm for Bridgewater now right. yeah. because he would essentially be on his fourth team in four years, John, that's the definition of a journeyman quarterback in a, If anything, I, I think they would almost, if they were forced into the situation where they just can't trade for any bigger names, I, I'm with you. I, I think they look at, at, uh, not trying to get mediocre. Uh, and, and by that we mean, you know, not necessarily pulling the trigger, for a Kirk Cousins who's kind of a mediocre quarterback mm-hmm. um, th- that would require a lot of draft capital remember Jason Light has already invested a second round draft pick in Kyle Trask I don't think he wants to invest any more draft picks in in quarterbacks so that kind of rules out some of of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class mm-hmm. um but but the thing is yeah, is, all is in I, my
0: opinion I, yeah
1: exactly <laughs> right but I I think Blaine Gabbert then believe it or not is that bad option you're talking about uh, Yeah, at, at the quarterback position.
0: I'm, like, right. I'm going to clip that part of you saying that. <laughs> so well, I know that I mean, pained
1: you. <laughs> it, it did a little bit. I mean, I mean, Blaine's a handsome right. man.
0: Bl- I mean, <laughs> Blaine and Krask make more sense than Teddy Bridgewater to me. Now, I'm not saying be bad, try and be bad if you're the Bucs, but right. the reality is there's just no – like you're going to what? Pay someone more than you pay Blaine to yes. win – what what exactly. I mean, realistically what yes. how many more games you're you right know, to be you're in right, the middle John. of the draft next year instead yes. of it just the other the rest of this team has tasted victory they are not going to lose confidence this isn't a, a rebuilding team there's not going to lose right. confidence by being five win team or an eight right. win team like it's, is is teddy bridgewater
1: coming to tampa bay and is, is he going to have a better rapport than than Blaine Gabbard, who's been throwing to these guys for three years, who's been in Bruce Arians' offense for four. And I'll remind you, the first year in Bruce Arians' offense is not kind to quarterbacks in terms Mm -hmm. of of interceptions. Look no further than Carson Palmer in Arizona. 24 Mm -hmm. interceptions – I'm sorry, 22 – 24 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. Okay? Uh, James Winston – Thirty-three touchdowns, thirty interceptions. It's almost a one-for-one one type situation, John. I, I have no idea how many touchdowns or interceptions Blaine Gabbard would throw, but what I do know is, is he would have a better chance of having at least a two-to-one, maybe a twenty-to-ten or a thirty-to-fifteen, you know, type of, of ratio. Uh, even Brady, you know, John, when when Brady came here to Tampa, you know, and played for Bruce Arians' his first system first year he threw 12 interceptions. That's a lot for Tom Brady. Brady hadn't thrown yeah. more than than 11 interceptions since 2011. Right. And yeah. this is it's, just an offense that that kind of forces quarterbacks to to do that. Yeah. Now the thing is yeah. with Brady you're getting a 4 to 1, right? You're getting 40 touchdowns or 43 touchdowns to those 12 interceptions. That's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. But 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 John you mentioned the cap part of it. This team has paid Jameis Winston, over $20 million in, in his fifth-year option, right? Mm-hmm. To throw 30 interceptions and seven pick six, mm-hmm. by the way. It paid Tom Brady $25 million in each of the last two years. And with, with a Blaine Gabbert, as, as, uh, as not appealing as that sounds, maybe, you mm-hmm. can get Blaine Gabbert as your starting quarterback for $5 million, folks. That's right, $5 million. That's twice yeah. what you paid Blaine last year. But what does that do to the roster, John? What can mm-hmm. you do with another 15 to $20 million that you mm-hmm. would be spending on starting quarterback money right. by yeah, not spending it yeah. on another guy other than playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, and honestly, if there wasn't history, like Jameis would be a fine option. The history muddies things. I don't have a clear enough vantage point into that to, to be able to speak strongly on it. Otherwise I would like and it and you'll find Read out the, why Jameis Winston
1: not coming back.
0: The yeah, exactly. The book Aaron's his own in, words. Yeah. So it's, I don't think it's going to happen at all. Yeah. But I would say that if I were a neutral team in the buck situation, that I, Jameis would be a fine option to me, because again, you're at, you're probably, you have a cap on your ceiling. He's not going to be as reliable or consistent right. as a Bridgewater, but he gives you the upside that you catch a hot streak and you know, that kind of yep. thing. I, again, And what is Jamie, you know, a year out of the system, he looked like a different player. He looked like a very conservative player in New Orleans. Like I wonder if he'd have the aggressiveness now, like Mm -hmm. almost the exact opposite issue. So um, that's kind of what I see with the Bucs situation right now is that you do all these things. The other big part of it is if you don't make a big move, you leave the door open for Brady to potentially return. Now, here's the catch with this. Leo says the $2 Super Jack Gabbard is a risk to Godwin Jensen walking. I'm not so sure about that for Godwin. If Godwin leaves, I've talked a lot to a lot of people about the situation. If Godwin leaves, I genuinely believe it's just about the money that's out there. Like he feels like the money is the driving force. He's able to get more of it elsewhere than what the Bucks are willing to offer for what's essentially their number two wide receiver, yep. as valuable as they find that. Again, the the Bucks letting Godwin walk would be – catastrophic in my opinion you cannot it would be a sign to me that they're not like your captain your face of your franchise came out this week and we'll talk more about this on thursday when we talk wideouts he came out and said how many things has mike evans said we 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 gotta have this and he Mm -hmm. literally went on shows this week and he said we gotta have chris godwin back and godwin came on shows and said i love playing with mike evans that's my dude i would love to keep doing what we've been doing for the last couple years like you got to fight. You got to lock that up, man. Like this is—we're not talking about twenty million dollar deal here for Chris Godwin. He's not going to break the bank or reset the market at wide receiver. It's not going to happen. So you've got to find a way to make this thing happen if you're Chris Godwin and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there's no way the Bucs should let him out of the door. They just—there's no chance that they should let him out because the, the reality is they need him for this offense to work. You need that kind of talent at those key spots. And they're going to need him to, to play at that level. That's the only way, in my opinion, that their offense can sustain kind of where they've been at in that kind of production, which opens up the door to the rest of the free agent conversations, too. If yeah. there's a possibility that Tom Brady could come back, then how do you treat the other free agents? in your in your room like how do you mm-hmm. treat them if there's a possibility you could trade before the start of mini camp before the start of the season for another top quarterback at some point yeah you know we've seen this happen before guys get disgruntled you get yep. closer to the regular season and then boom there's a trade i mean remember the same bradford thing oh he wasn't a disgruntled situation but he got right. traded right before the season you know so yep. if that happens the Bucks are what are they going to do? How are they going to treat these free agents? It changes things. Not with Godwin and Davis so much. They want right. those guys back anyway, but with the fringes of the roster, with the Ryan Jensen's, yeah. who's going to be 31, maybe with the JPP or Sue or, or maybe even a Gronk, you know, if you wanted to play like all of those things matter for those contract situations for Tampa Bay. And it's just going to be very telling how it all unfolds in terms of the kind of roster they're going to be able to offer you. And if you say, hey, Brady, come back to this. If they were to bring back everybody, which right. they can. Again, they, can, they can do it. Yeah. It's not a question of whether they can. It's yeah. just a question of what they want to sacrifice in future years and how much tighter they want things to be mm-hmm. in future years. If they can win now, they obviously don't care about the like. And I wouldn't either. Right. You go all in. I, but they I don't know that unless they have the quarterback. And so it makes it a yeah. little bit trickier. They're going to need to be communication behind the scenes.
1: I agree. And I, listen, I don't think it matters to Chris Godwin who the quarterback is. Jameis Winston yeah. was the quarterback in 2019. Yeah. That was Godwin's only Pro Bowl season. He had a team high 86 catches, 1,333 yards, and a career high nine touchdowns, right, with Jameis Winston. Then Brady comes and he gets, you know, dinged up, only plays in 12 games, 840 yards, seven touchdowns. You know, last year missed the last three games, obviously three and a half games, really, had 98 catches, 1,100 yards, and five touchdowns. The appeal to Chris Godwin in this offense is the fact that he is he really is a number one option. Uh say what you want about about Mike Evans but this offense runs through the slot receiver position which that's him. And right. he's shown he can go to the Pro Bowl and put up crazy numbers, thousand yard seasons in this offense. The quarterback it does matter, but he loves playing in Tampa. I think that he loves the fact the Bucks drafted him. He loves playing with Mike Evans. There, there, I, I don't see a reason for Chris Godwin to leave, and I think that this team will open up the checkbook to pay him. So yeah. uh, if you go somewhere else, and, and it's going to be a matter of an extra million dollars per year elsewhere, it better be in a state with no state, no state in, income tax, because Florida has that, and a lot of times that's the difference between a mm-hmm. million dollars here or there, is you can stay in Tampa, yep. and the money's the same. Because if you go to New York or or, or California, one of those the states that have high state income taxes and high tax rates, it doesn't matter that extra million or two is going to be given right back to the state in in the government. So there's
0: I don't see a reason for Chris Godwin to leave. Right, and here's the weird part about this. Okay, with agents, there's going to be this. Oh, I want my guy to be the highest paid wide receiver on a team. And the reality is there's Mike Evans sitting there for the Bucks making what 16 and a half mil yep. average per year. Godwin, according to Brad Spielberger's last projection, which just came out for Pro Football Focus today, has bumped what he expects Godwin to ask for to potentially get on the market this year. Same amount of guaranteed money that he had before, 36 and a half mil, yep. which would be a good amount of guaranteed money, but for the record, far less total guaranteed money than Evans got. Evans got 55 mil. So we're not yep. even talking about the same ballpark of total guaranteed money. Right. Could that change things? But he would be getting four years, 70 million, 17 and a half million per year per Brad's last projection. If he hits the market, if he stays in Tampa, there's a little better chance that he'd take less, but still no guarantee that he'd take less. It could easily be a 17 and a half million dollar situation. And so we're getting off yeah. the quarterback train a little bit, right. but if there's a hold up for the Godwin thing, it's not going to be quarterback as much as it is going to be right. Who, because he knows that the quarterback situation can be temporary. They can get yeah. anybody here if they have a good team. Exactly. Um, and he tr- they all trust the front office. So, I mean, sure. they, th- they love Arians' transparency, love, yeah. Luff, trans- love Light's transparency, love which transparency, love transparency. That's, that's if, a deal. If big it was deal.
1: Gabbard and Trask for one year, okay, Chris Cobbs is not signing a one-year deal. He's going to be here probably a four- to six-year deal. Right. And then if it doesn't work out, they're going to get another quarterback in here in 2023. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, he's already been through that with Jameis Winston, going from him to – Right. To, to Tom Brady. All I know is, Jen, you're talking about a lot of money, right? And I'm not telling Chris Godwin what to do with this future earnings, but I know what I would do if I was making that much money. I mm, would, would I do? would talk to our good friends at Amuni Financial.
0: At Amuni Financial,
1: we help you live in the now.
0: Drew, Congratulations. You We're so happy Thank to you. you, thank you.
1: And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future.
0: How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so
1: you can still prepare for tomorrow today. AMUNI Financial Plan ahead, stay ahead. You know, managing your family's wealth means more to AMUNI Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services with 40 years of experience here in the Tampa Bay area. Let Immuni Financial do what for you what they've done for me, which is help me plan ahead and stay ahead. Call Immuni Financial for a free, no risk, no obligation consultation, 1-800-868-6864, or visit amuni.com. Here we are. We're in the early stages of 2022, and if you haven't come up with that financial plan, it's not too late. Call Immuni Financial or visit them on the web at Immuni.com.
0: All right. Last thing we want to talk about here in this situation, I believe, is draft prospects. I really don't yep. think that draft is on the table necessarily for the Bucks. Agreed. So, not a lot of guys that I've kind of researched that would be in the later round, take a flyer situations. But got two guys, you've got a guys. Oh, you've got two. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Take take it away.
1: Yeah. yeah. Listen, they drafted Kyle Trask in the second round for a reason. They looked at the landscape. Mike Beal does a fantastic job of setting up the draft board, John. Not just for this year. Not I mean the draft board, like you know round by round, but looking at the prospects, mm-hmm. right. And they looked at, at this year's draft class and next year's draft class. And, uh, or should I say the 2020 draft class and the 2021 draft class. And they said, you know, Kyle Trask probably going to be the better option. Um, and matter of fact, this team right or wrong in time will tell, they feel like Kyle Trask is better than any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. And we'll see if that's the case, but if the Buccaneers were going to draft a quarterback in this year's draft class, which I don't think they're going to, because they have a second rounder and a guy that they don't know enough about yet, so why would they want to dump another draft pick in there? But if they're if they had to draft a quarterback, Carson Strong, out of Nevada, would be the guy because he is a vertical based pocket passer. He is, you know, he, he's a guy that that's it's grown on me a little bit. I, I watched him against Kansas State, got intrigued. Did not really have a great senior bowl. Didn't really shine there in the practices. John, you were there. He didn't really stand out to you. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that, is that yeah. the conclusion? No, you he just, no,
0: I just worry about the accuracy. I think it's a big deal. And I think yeah. Aaron's thinks it's a big deal. So I, 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 I would know, be hard to trust him. He's all over the place. Even his deep ball, you know, people say, I don't know if it's his last name. He has a big strong arm and everything. I don't really know. Like he doesn't drive the ball any better than some of the other guys that were there. And his right. deep ball is really weird. I mean. He could throw it far, but everybody could do that, and yeah. it hangs up in the air forever. They like, do look, one look like the highest <laughs> throws I've seen. Yes. Like it's just a complete yep. rainbow, and so John, that gives safeties extra time to come over. Sometimes that concerns me too.
1: You're right. He's six three and a half, 226, So th- that's kind of why I say he's you know add to the guys the in knees, this year's draft Scott, flash. The you knees,
0: know, the knees that? are going to be the knees are going to be red flagged by yeah teams from everything yeah. I've heard. It's going to be a real concern. I don't know how bad or if teams take him off the board, I, but mm. the medicals are going to be a question here. He completed 68.1% of his passes
1: with 74 touchdowns and 19 at Nevada. But a lot of those are screen passes, high percentage things. He's known as a deep ball guy, uh, Romeo Dubs and uh, um, Colt Turner, the the tight end. You know, that was a nice one-two punch at Nevada. But, um, you know, he's he would be a long shot and i think he's probably a mid round pick so i just don't see them doing that there is a guy though that i think would be a very interesting fit as a late round flyer that's cole mm-hmm. kelly out of southeastern louisiana mm. this is a big dude he's six seven 260 pounds oh and gosh he, he is a pocket passer i mean john holy when,
0: moly when look he, at this
1: big boy when you see this guy's tape, he started off at Arkansas, mm. and then transferred to Southeast Louisiana. Uh, and you know what? The, he reminds me a little bit, a little bit of, of Ben Roethlisberger and the way that he just pushes the ball. He's got a strong, really strong arm, um, mm. and and he works the middle of the field, right? He really works the the intermediate and deep middle of the field. Uh, Eighty five touchdowns, twenty five interceptions. In his college career, in in his junior season, completed 68.9% of his passes for 2,600 yards, 18 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Last year, 5,124 yards. They let him sling it all over the yard, John. 73.6% completion percentage, 44 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions. He ran for 491 yards last year and 16 touchdowns. He's got 38 career touchdowns running the ball. But the thing is, is a lot of those are goal line scores. That's fine. You see Bruce Aarons likes the quarterback sneak. So I wouldn't mind seeing this guy who was actually the NFLPA Bowl MVP. I think he completed 13 of 15 passes and two touchdowns uh, for 150 yards. Wouldn't mind seeing the Bucks take a late round flyer in this guy just to give Kyle Trask uh, another guy to contend with. Don't really anoint Trask yet. Throw this guy in the mix. Maybe he is nothing but a developmental quarterback. But he's got the physical size, the arm strength, the accuracy that I think he would be an intriguing fit in Bruce Arian's offense. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting stuff. We'll see what happens. Obviously, these would be like developmental, you know, throw a you know, dart at a dartboard type of. Picks uh, a quarterback, and we'll see. Cole Kelly doesn't work out. A quarterback his behind into a tight end. Yeah, it looks like that body might need some work, but you're on right, Richie P. That might be <laughs> well. Logan that's Thomas what happens to
1: go. out there at Arizona when he drafted a Virginia Tech quarterback, right? Converted yeah. him into uh, who, who is that? Uh, name
0: escapes me. And so, uh, the Logan Thomas is Logan he Thomas. Logan yeah. Thomas, yes, yeah, yeah. and he's Logan actually. Have decent now yeah uh, anyway it takes a long time though we'll see what happens but yep. Cole Kelly interesting name to have in the hopper so we addressed a lot of things to the quarterback situation the reality is there's not a ton that we're going to know right now yeah it will take time for this thing to play out there are options out there but there might how realistic all these options are right I now would, it doesn't look like that realistic for 2022 uh, yeah let me just would, say this 2023 I've been watching a little bit yeah, of Bryce Young, better. and I don't know if I don't know if Bruce Arians is like all about what Bryce Young brings to the table. We got a long time to talk yep. about that. My goodness, that guy can throw the football, accurate, yep. aggressive, can move a little bit. Yep. I know he's not that big, but I'm very intrigued by you talking Bryce C.J. Stroud. Stroud, yes, yep. there's a, there's some your boy Phil Jerkovich. We'll see. Comes I back love the I love the jerk. And, yeah. So Austin. we'll see. I there's, but there's a lot of names. We'll see what yeah. happens next year's class. Certainly, no star. I, per, I wouldn't right put now, any but. bets on it right now, to
1: be honest with you, though. You know, no, I, I, wouldn't I wouldn't put any bets on it. This but but would you put
0: bets elsewhere? Oh, you would.
1: I would. I most certainly would. I, I I bet the Rams in the point spread yesterday, and they those sons of bitches won by three points cost me my money. Thank you. <laughs> Another reason for me to hate L.A. But listen, this weekend, all the biggest stars of the NBA are going to be in Cleveland for the NBA All-Star Game, and my bookie can get you in on all the action. Use the promo code Pewter. My bookie's going to instantly double your first deposit. You can bet like an All-Star. With my bookie, there's no shortage of events to wager on, including the three-point slam dunk contest, and, of course, the NBA All-Star Game itself. The game's going to feature the best players in the NBA has to offer, John. I know you're a big NBA fan. The only way to to get in on all the action is to go to my bookie so you can bet big on the NBA All-Star Game and and, and go ahead and get that double deposit bonus. Head over to mybookie.ag today and get your first deposit doubled with the promo code pewter. And get in the game with the NBA All-Star Game next weekend. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Well, tomorrow we're going to be back doing this same thing, only yep. talking about running backs. It's going to be you're going to be on the pod, and then Casey's going to be on here, yep. who's watched a lot of the running backs, especially those in the senior bowl, which are a lot of the, the top options potentially. Right. We're going to and then, of course, talk about what's going to happen. Leonard Fournette, Devonnie Bernard. Ronald Jones, all those options. We're gonna talk about all that tomorrow on the podcast. Then Wednesday, you and I will be back. We'll talk offensive line. Yep. There's new contract projections out there for Ryan Jensen. We're gonna discuss those and what that means. Alex Both Kappa's situation. And Alex
1: Kappa, that's three you're yep. two fifths of your offensive line. Yep. Yeah, Wednesday.
0: Agency. Yeah, Wednesday's is going to be an important show. Make sure you tune into that if you can. Uh, and then Thursday is going to be, I think, Matt, casey maybe Casey too, and myself talking about wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to really talk a lot about the wide receiver three spot for the Bucks. We'll talk about Godwin a little bit too and answer any questions that are out there. But we're going to talk a lot about the wide receiver three spot. So, yes, good point by Richie. Make sure you give a thumbs up on the show if you could. Now hit the like button for us. That really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm, gets us out there in front of more people, continue to grow the channel. We made great strides in the season. We're coming back into the, the the meat of the off season here with the combine coming up, uh, which we're also going to be at. We're excited about that. Um, yep. So make sure you subscribe to the Pewter Report YouTube channel, hit the like button on our videos, helps us out a ton. We greatly appreciate it. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern, be back on the show then. We appreciate y'all. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast
1: out out